Welcome to Tordi Mecha Parsha, the OU Women's Initiative. My name is Rachel Besser, and today we will be studying Parshat Emor. Emor begins with mandates to the Kohanim about how they are to conduct their private lives. A Kohen must be careful as he navigates his life even outside the Beit HaMikdash, and is careful not to become Tamei Mate, not to become impure by virtue of being near a dead body as he goes about his daily life. His intimate life is also regulated as a Kohen may not marry certain women. In terms of paying respect to the dead, a Kohen may not attend a funeral unless it is, it is for his immediate family member. A Kohen Gadol has even stricter regulations in these areas. These restrictions on Kohanim are still in effect today, even when there is no Beit HaMikdash. Parshat Emor then teaches that there, are, that there are certain mumim, certain physical ailments or blemishes that render a Kohen unfit for service in the Beit HaMikdash. He's still a Kohen, but he cannot do the avoda. He cannot do the work. In a similar vein, animals that have a mum, a blemish, are also disqualified to be brought as korbanot. Emor then discusses the days that are special in the Jewish year. Beginning with Shabbat, the Parsha then speaks about Pesach, counting the Omer, Shavuot, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, and finally, Shemini Atzeret. Parsha Kedoshim, the Parsha that comes right before Emor, is bookended with the following sentiment. Ve'yitem li kedoshim ki kadosh ani Hashem. You should be holy because I shall be, because I Hashem am holy. And we discuss what this means in our last week's Parsha. But it could actually be argued that the name Kedoshim better fits Parsha Emor than even the Parsha before. The Shorish Kadosh, Kuf Dalad Shin, comes up 25 times in the first Parak of Emor, Parak of Aleph, 20 times in Parak of Thet, and 12 times in Parak of Gimel. There's so much talk of Kedusha in Parshat Emor that Nacham Leibowitz, culture of David Tzvi Hafen, is saying that this section should be called Parshat HaKedusha. In our journey through Sefer Vayikra, we first focused intently on what was happening inside the Mishkan and how to use that to connect to Hashem. Then we slowly broadened our lens to the laws of Tumantara, purity and impurity, which protect the Mikdash, and then to our daily lives, which must be elevated with holiness all the time, and how we need to take the inspiration that we received in the Mikdash in our quest to be like God. Parshat Emor deepens the notion of what it means to be holy by first narrowing our focus to the leaders, the Kohanim, the priests, who are a conduit in the temple between God and man, and therefore they have certain restrictions that are not true for other people, certain areas that they need to be kadosh, they need to be like God, more removed perhaps, you could say, from the physical world. But then we stop. And the Kedushah, this idea of what it means to be holy, is broadened once again when we speak about the entirety of the people and when we speak about the holidays. The holidays revolve around agricultural points in the year, the various harvests of Pesach, Shavuot, and Sukkot, and punctuated by the introspection of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. On the holidays, we survey our harvest away from the Beit HaMikdash, and we remember that it was not us who created the world or caused the plants to grow, rather it was God. We take the idea of Kedusha, the idea of holiness that we learned about in our last section, and we apply it to the nitty-gritty of our workday. It's not enough to conduct ourselves with holiness and thoughtfulness and respect and be godlike when we interact with other people like we learned about in Parsha Kedoshim. But we need to continue this quest to be like God when we are immersed in our bounty, when we see the product that we have brought forth, when at the, we're at the top of our game and then we stop 
and we reorient and we humble ourselves and we remember that we're only human. We're trying our best, that our true priorities are not to make as much money as we can, but to be as good people as we can. So on those days, on those holidays, we go back to the Beit HaMikdash. We visit God at the height of our harvest and in the depth of our introspection, and we confront ourselves in front of God in the Mikdash with the help of the Kohanim, who are themselves a little bit more removed because they're not involved in the agriculture. They're not involved in the daily life and the nitty-gritty and the commerce and the back and forth and the deals. Their lives are really dedicated to the Beit HaMikdash and therefore they have more restrictions. But our lives are not dedicated only to the Beit HaMikdash. We're out in the fields, we're making money, we're making deals, we're interacting with people and therefore we need to stop. We need to reconnect to ourselves and our priorities. We need to make sure that the way we act is in line with what Hashem would want of us. And therefore, on these Shalosh Regalim, these three holidays, as well as Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, we reconnect with our broader Jewish community, with all the streams of life that congregate at the Beit HaMikdash. And we see ourselves as both great and individual, someone who can achieve, but at the same time, someone who's small and just one piece of a whole, someone who's celebrating the holiday just like everybody else, trying our best and trying to connect to God. The word kadosh, holiness, manifests itself differently when it's repeated over 40 times in reference to the Kohanim in the first two chapters of Emor and the way it's said in the third parak about the holidays. It said the word kadosh is said 12 times in this section, 11 of them when the word kadosh appears, it appears together with another word, and that is with the phrase mikra kodesh, which are called holy. Everything else, really, in Parsha, in Sefer Vayikra, we've heard a lot about holiness, but it was always just the word kadosh. Suddenly we have this phrase, are called holy. This is a unique phrase in Torah that's only used when discussing holidays. And the first time it comes up in our Parsha is very interesting. In chapter 23, verse 2, it says, Speak to B'nai Israel, speak to the Jews, and say to them, Bit of a difficult pasuk to translate, but say to B'nai Israel, the Moadim, the holidays, or you can say the set times of God, that you call Mikrai Kodesh, that you call are called holy. These are my set times. The structure of the Pasuk actually is beautiful because the Pasuk itself is chiastic. You have the Moa, the Moed on the outsides of the Pasuk, Moadei Hashem, and then it ends with Elohim Moadai, and this idea of Tikra, of calling it in the middle of the Pasuk. So Rashbam obviously picks up on this, all the Mepharshim do, and gives us a really interesting shot answer. What does it mean to call it holy? And why are these holidays referred to as called holy and even have the repetition of the word, the ones that you call them that are called holy? So the Ram, Rashbam says, Asher tizmanuotam zmanekat kodesh, that you establish as sacred times. And then he goes on and says, Kol lashon kri'ah she'etzel mo'adin lashon kviat zman. Any use of the word kara to call something connected with the noun mo'ed, a set time, means to establish the time. So the Rashbam says, because what this Pasuk is teaching us is that 
people establish holidays. Rashi takes this a step further, and we're going to go into this a little bit. And Rashi says, Dibero B'nai Israel, Elam Moadei Hashem, etc. Speak to B'nai Israel, these are your holidays. Asamadot she'yubahem Israel melamdim. Rashi says, you need to, the Sanhedrin, the judges, need to regulate the festival season in such a way that B'nai Israel, the Jewish people, all of Israel, should become melumadim. They should become taught in their observance. How so? So therefore, the Sanhedrin, the high court, should make a leap here. For the sake of the people living in the diaspora, for the sake of the people living in the Galut, who wouldn't have time to get to Israel for the festival, and therefore they should add a second Adar so that people have time to get to Israel, assumedly for Pesach, um, and therefore, and they hadn't yet gotten to Yerushalayim, and therefore if you would make Nisan too early, the people from Galut wouldn't have enough time to get there. Fascinating. Rashi says what it means that you, you call it the Moed is because you are so in charge of when the holidays are. The Sanhedrin, the judges are so in charge of the holidays that they can have even add a month in order to make sure that the Jews of the diaspora, those who aren't even living in Israel, and you could say, well, that's your own fault. So don't live in the diaspora. Rashi says, no, we have to be sensitive to the people who don't live close and it's going to take them a long time. So let's make sure that it works out in a a way that people could come on Aliyah Regal, that they can come to Yerushalayim for these for the holidays. There's a certain irony in the word because Moed means a set time, and yet the holidays are nothing if not flexible. The Rashbam says notes that it's the Sanhedrin who de- who decides the date of the holiday because. It's the Sanhedrin who, using the testimony of two witnesses, decide when the months are. So based on when the months are, the holiday follows a certain amount of time later, the 15th of the month. It's 15 days later. So it's just so ironic, this concept of there's like a tension here between the word moed and the word mikra. So you have this moed, which surrounds the Pasuk, this set time of the holidays, but the idea of you being in charge of when it is. And Rav Hirsch has such a beautiful concept, such a beautiful comment when he talked about this. And he says, Moed Hashem, he says, Talui Bo. It, it depends on him. What does that mean? Moed Hashem Sha'atem Machrizim Alem Kimikre'e Kodesh HaMoadim Shali. My holidays are what you determine them to be, says God. The date of my holidays will be when you say that it's the date. Zaman shenikba al yedei Hashem kemoed. Hashem makes it this time that this is a set time. Naasel moed Hashem. It becomes the set time of God. Rak im ha'uma hechrizalav kemikra kodesh. Only if the nation declares it to be a holy day at that time. So you have this concept of holiness that we've been talking about this whole time is always about God, and now we see actually. It's about man. When man decides that it's 
kadosh, when the days are holy, that's when they are. So now we're very used to dealing with a calendar. You know, we have WhatsApp groups that start sharing Pesach tips in December and sharing recipes for Shavuot before we even make Pesach, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot. They're the ways that we organize our year. They are our Mikra Kodesh. So we have to realize that it's not just that we're told that we can be a holy nation, we can become godlike. But here with the holidays, Hashem gives us the credit card. Hashem gives us the ability not only to visit him in his home, but to invite him into our homes. We establish the dates. And then on those dates, we sit back and we reflect about our lives and our goals in our relationships. And we wonder, are we doing what Hashem wants us to do? Do our priorities align? Do our day-to-day lives bring us closer to being this Goy Kadosh, which is our purpose to be? In Vayikra, we learned about the purpose of a Korban. Sav, we thought about our goals as a community. Shmine, we realized that there are boundaries in our relationship with Hashem. Tazriya Mitzor, we learned that we can fix ourselves through spiritual rebirth. Acharemo Kadoshim, we learned to conduct our interpersonal lives in a way that shows that we use the Mishkan well and that we are trying to be like God. Finally, in Emor, we are inspired by the holiness of the Mishkan, by all of the ideas that we've taken in from Sefer Vayikra as a whole. And we not only go visit the Mishkan, but we invite Hashem into our homes as well. Thank you for studying Parshat Amor together with the OU Women's Initiative.